Welcome to the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, getting you up to speed with the latest in Somerset Patriots baseball. Here's your host, Stephen Cusimano. Welcome back to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. After two weeks on the road, we have finally returned. I am the manager of media relations and broadcasting and play-by-play voice of the Patriots, Stephen Cusimano, as we enter the second third of the 2022 Eastern League season. That's right, it's hard to believe the Patriots have already played 50 games this year, and they spent most of those games leading the Eastern League, and now coming out of the first week of June with a record of 32-18, and 18, a season-best 14 games over 500, and we're going to catch you up with the past couple of weeks that took place on the road. It was the first of two two-week road trips this year, but after that, we're also going to hear from a couple of the breakout stars for the Patriots this year, including right-handed pitcher Nick Ernst, who will join us in a little bit, along with infielder Chad Bell, who's also putting together a really great career season. And finally, we'll get some insight from Patriots hitting coach Jake Hurst on some of those breakout talents that we've seen at the plate so far this year. But first, the road trip. Last two weeks in Portland and Binghamton, it was the Portland Sea Dogs, the Boston Red Sox affiliate, and the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, the New York Mets affiliate, and it was a perfectly even-keeled road trip. Two separate six-game splits. The Patriots went 3-3 three and three in both series, so it was a 6-6 six and six road trip, and a run differential of all 12 games at exactly zero. So that was the good news, I guess you could say, or at least neutral news. The bad news was that the Patriots entered this road trip with a two-and-a-half-game lead over second-place Hartford, and they emerged from it with a half-game lead over Hartford. So Still in first place, which is good, but now by less than a game, entering the Patriots' next series versus the Cleveland Guardians affiliate, the Akron Rubber Ducks, which we'll get to at the very end of this show. But harping on this two-week road trip, the Patriots played 12 games, and during the trip, nine of those were decided by three runs or less, with the Patriots going four and five in those games. So now out of the Patriots' 50 games this year, they've played in a ton of close ones. 31 of them have been decided by three runs or less, and Somerset has gone 17-14 and 14 in those games, and they didn't have many games decided by four or more runs. Again, obviously just three out of the 12, but in those types of games, the Patriots have had the clear upper hand this year, 15-4 and four in games decided by four or more runs. But let's look back on this road trip with some of the top performers. Over most of the series in Portland, the first player to really get hot was Elijah Dunham, the outfielder and Yankees' number 25 prospect put together a six-game hit streak where he was 12 for 25, a 480 batting average with three home runs, five runs batted in, six runs scored, and three stolen bases just along that streak, and he had back-to-back games with home runs near the beginning of the week in Portland and polished off the series on his birthday, which was Sunday, with a four-hit game that featured another home run. 1-0 pitch to Dunham, his line high and deep towards right field, headed back toward the wall, bombs away! It's a birthday bomb for Elijah Dunham in the first inning. 3-0 Patriots. And Somerset would go on to win that game 12-4. They hit a season-high five home runs in that game, one of which came off the bat of Brandon Lockridge. He had a really good road trip, 12 hits, and he led the team with eight runs batted in during the two weeks in 11 games that he played, and Lockridge also had the game-winning hit and two out of three wins during the last series in Binghamton. His 2-2 pitch is hit high in the air, deep towards left field, backtracking his Cortez over towards the warning track, back near the wall, bombs away. Brandon Lockridge with his fourth homer of the season, and this one gives Somerset a 5-4 lead. That was in the sixth inning on Sunday when the Patriots went ahead early, actually had a, a rehabbing major leaguer on the mound to start that game for the Rumble Ponies in Tyler McGill. Patriots struck first in that game, 
Josh Bro got a homer off of the major leaguer who actually pitched five no-hit innings for the Mets earlier this year, and Patriots went on to fall behind 4-2 on two Ronnie Mauricio home runs and a Francisco Alvarez home run. Two of the Mets' top three prospects wreaked havoc the entire series, but the Patriots were still able to split it. They were staring in the face of their first series loss of the year on Sunday, down 4-2. Chad Bell got his sixth homer of the year to lead off the fifth inning, and Brandon Lockridge hit that go-ahead two-run shot. 5-4 Patriots was the final score, and that was after Lockridge also had the game-winning hit in Somerset's extra innings game, the second game of their doubleheader on Thursday. Lockridge had a run-scoring double that gave the Patriots what ultimately wound up being a 6-4 win in eight innings, which of course in the doubleheader was the extra inning. Before Lockridge got hot in that series, though, it was Jesus Bastidas, the sixth-year Venezuelan infielder. In nine games during this road trip, he hit 324 with six runs batted in, and he led the team with eight runs scored during the trip. That also included four homers in a span of five games that opened up the Binghamton series. The four homers, also the most of any Patriot on the trip. And he began the series in Binghamton with homers in three straight games from Memorial Day to June 2nd. It was the first time in his career where he had homered in three straight games. Here's the pitch from Tavares. Hit high in the air towards right center field. Fargus is on the run over back towards the warning track near the wall. Bombs away. Three straight games with a home run. Four in his last five. And Bastidas ties this game at two. And that was at a point in time in the series with Binghamton where the Patriots were kind of starved for runs. And that was a solo homer that tied the game at two, forced extra innings, and Brandon Lockridge, as we just talked about, sealed the fate of that game. But for Jesus Bastidas, you look at his career six years, again, including this one, he started his career with only two home runs in his first 171 minor league games in just over two seasons. Then over the next 95 games, which spans over the last two years, including this one, He's got 14 home runs, so Bastidas has really learned to find that power stroke here in the middle years of his minor league career. Another guy who has really adjusted well to the AA level is Anthony Volpe, the Yankees' number one prospect coming into the series with Akron in June. He's hit safely in seven of his last eight games, slashing 324, 441 on base percentage, a 559 slugging, so a 1,000 flat OPS over this past eight games. And that included his third career four-hit game on May 28th, last Saturday in Portland. Opie rifles one towards right field, sinking quickly, and that's going to land for a base hit and bump off the wall. Bastidas on his way past third. He comes in to score. Gasper gets the stop sign and on at second base with an RBI double and a run of insurance for the Patriots is Anthony Volpe. It's 5-3 Somerset. That was one of the four hits, and it was in a game where the Patriots, this was a very underrated storyline in the road trip. They lost the first three games of their series in Portland to throw this road trip off, and then they won three games in a row, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, going into their series in Binghamton. So, Showing off a lot of resiliency were the Patriots, but speaking on Anthony Volpe specifically, we talked about that eight-game sample size where he had a 1,000 OPS. It's not just been the last week and a half. You look back at a larger sample size of 19 games for Volpe, dating back to May 13th, almost a month. He is slashing 292, a 384 on base percentage, and 523 slugging with 12 runs scored, nine stolen bases, and eight runs batted in. In the previous 26 games before that stretch, Volpe was hitting just 167 to begin his double-A career with the Patriots, so he has really been seeing the ball well, and if that is any sequel to what we saw Volpe do in Hudson Valley last year, the Eastern League could be in trouble heading into this second third of the 2022 season. But Anthony Volpe is the Yankees' number one prospect. Everybody knows his name. Let's dig into some guys who maybe you don't know their name, but you might see them in pinstripes in the Bronx in a couple years. Couple of breakout stars, one on each side of the ball, 
highlighting our Patriots and Pinstripes spotlight this week. And we're going to start with the righty Nick Ernst, 25-year-old from Cincinnati, 2-0 this year. He's pitched in 16 games at the moment, the most of any Patriot, and he's got a 2-6-3 ERA, 31 strikeouts, and 24 innings pitched. It has been a breakout season for Ernst, his second one in Somerset. And Ernst, again, a guy that was born and raised in Cincinnati, very close with his family who watched him play up in Binghamton. He writes the word dad on the mound dirt before every appearance in tribute to his father, Greg, who passed away in 2020. Grew up going to Reds games with his dad, and he would take him out of school early to go to opening day. Played his college ball at Miami of Ohio, but he wasn't always a pitcher. It was funny hearing from Nick. He actually grew up as a hitter and took inspiration from some of the most iconic hitters in Reds history. Growing up, he tells us the story of when he became a pitcher during his junior year at LaSalle High School. I wasn't a pitcher until like my junior high school, so I never even thought about pitching. But um, I, I just I like the way Pete Rose played. Like I would watch highlights with my dad all the time. And then uh, Griffey was my guy growing up because he was a Cincinnati guy, and I ended up playing for the Reds. So I would say Griffey. It was weird, man. I uh, I ended up so our pitcher that was supposed to throw in the seventh inning of a scrimmage ended up being sick. So I was always like giving my uh, pitching coach a hard time saying that I could throw harder than everybody and he was always like, gosh, shut up, dude. And then it happened and I was like, let me throw the seventh. So I threw the seventh and I threw pretty well and then he was like, dude, I think you're going to start pitching more. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I hated it at first, but I got used to it and I really liked being a pitcher. And being a pitcher today's day and age, there's a lot of numbers and analytics and different technology that can go a long way into helping you become a great pitcher. But he talked about kind of filtering all of the information and technology that he has at his disposal to use what he needs to make himself successful. I'm not a big technology guy. I don't know much about technology. So like learning and trying to keep learning on uh, like how things work and what you want and stuff like that is it's been it's been a challenge for me, but it's been it's been a fun challenge. And I've done a I think I've done a pretty good job of trying to figure out like what I need to look at in regards to it and not let it like get in my head too much. And um, so hopefully, I think I've done a good job taking away what I can from And Ernst is in his third year in the minor leagues now, and this has been by far and away a breakout season for him. He had a 570 ERA in 2019 and 458 in 2021, so he's really taken it to another level this year. And it was interesting to ask him about what did he work on the most this past spring with Yankees director of pitching Sam Breen. Getting ahead, like Sam Breen calls it like a race to two strikes. So um, just trying to get the two strikes within three pitches what my main focus has been. So I think I've done a decent job at times, but I, I definitely need to keep working on it. Well, it's worked really well for Nick this year, and he's been working very closely with the Patriots pitching coach, Gerardo Casa Diego. So I asked him what it's been like working with Casa, and I also topped it off with saying that, you know, this has been a really good Patriots bullpen this year. They've had one of the lowest bullpen ERAs in all of minor league baseball. So I asked him if there's anybody that he has learned with, as far as teammates go, that he's learned something from this year. Casa's the man, man. He's hilarious. He's always in a good mood. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him in a bad mood. And uh, he's really intelligent, and he knows the game really well, and he's helped me make a lot of strides in my career so far. I mean, I think Barrett Lewski is very educated on, like, data analytics and stuff like that. And, like, going into professional baseball, I was not at all. I had no clue about any of it. So, it, like, just listening to him talk about it and stuff like that has really helped me, like, get a better grasp of well, Nick Ernst, certainly a guy that's having a career season. It's been really fun to watch, and I am personally very excited to see what is next in store for Nick. And it was fun in Binghamton, too, because he got a chance to play in the same series as one of his teammates growing up all throughout Little League and high school. 
in college. Hayden Sanger, who was one of his college teammates at Miami of Ohio, he actually played in the first game and had four hits versus the Patriots on Memorial Day, then got called up to AAA. So it was pretty cool for Ernst to be able to hang out with him a little bit and send him off to AAA Syracuse in the Mets organization. He was at his wedding, and they work out with each other during the offseason. So that was pretty cool. Also on a week where, again, Nick had a lot of family in attendance to watch him pitch in Binghamton. Now, as for the hitting side, one of the real breakout stars for the Patriots has been infielder Chad Bell, guy who was born and raised in Fort Collins, Colorado, Grew up with three older brothers who all played baseball, and he grew up trying to be just like them, playing in high altitude, and luckily for the Yankees, the former 19th round pick in 2019 out of Louisiana Monroe, seems like the altitude has followed him into the Yankees organization. Just last year, had 21 home runs in his first full season in the minors. That ranked fifth among all Yankees minor leaguers when he shot all the way from low A to double A in that first full season. He's now in his third year, and he's having a really solid season 24 RBIs coming into this week, which is near the top of the team. And Chad's just a guy that hits the ball really hard, no matter if it's on the ground, in the air, what inning it is, what count it is. Every time he gets a hold of one, it is crush, and it's usually hit with an exit velocity of over 100 miles an hour. So first thing we asked Chad about was adjustments during the offseason. Which adjustment has made the biggest difference for him in 2022? I mean, the big thing is just being more and more consistent with my swing, being able to repeat, you know, everything. Um, day in and day out uh, you know I've always had like the mechanics there and the biggest part is just being able to repeat it on a consistent basis and have success that way and again a guy that hits a lot of home runs he had the 21 last year six so far this year and coming into the series with Akron in the first week of June Bell has homers in two of his last three games so we asked him what is his approach in the box every time he steps up you know I'm always trying to get a fastball that's kind of what I'm looking for um, and then Use the big part of the field. I'm trying to drive it to center. Um, that helps me, you know, a little late. I have left, a little early, I have right. So, uh, I mean, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Just go in there and hit, see it and hit it. Very simple approach, and it's something that's worked out really well for Chad. You ask any scout or anybody within the Yankees organization, what is Chad Bell known for? And it's for hitting the ball hard. He's got a max exit velocity. Of 116, he hits the ball harder than most major leaguers routinely, which is something that you just can't teach. And of course, a lot of that is natural. So I was interested to ask him, how does he hit the ball so hard? Is there anything behind that? And also for him as a prospect, how important is it that for a guy that came from a smaller school and wasn't a high draft pick, how important is it for him as a prospect that he does continue to hit the ball hard? Elijah Dunham says that I'm just the king of rotation. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't like I'm not an avid Lifter, uh, I don't lift crazy amounts of weight. It's just kind of I've always hit the ball pretty hard. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe all the desserts I eat, my mom's baking, cooking. I don't know. Uh, it means a lot, you know. Especially, you know, the Yankees are huge on exit velocities. Um, so you know, I felt like I've gained a lot of value in the organization because of some of the the numbers I've put up. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm not really trying to go up there and set PRs every day. I just try to go up there and put the barrel on the ball and whatever happens, happens. And sure, a lot of that is natural, but there's something to be said for the coaching staff that has been with him last year a little bit in Hudson Valley and all of this year in Somerset, Dan Fiorito and Jay Kerr specifically, the manager and hitting coach for the Patriots. He talked about the importance of having those guys around to kind of refine his game and make him a more consistent hitter. Very important. You know, everybody in this organization has helped me greatly. Um, they do such a good job of making sure every player has their own objectives they're working on, um, you know, and having that many eyes with 
the amount of knowledge they have is huge for uh, not only me but all the other players. Um, so I, I owe a lot of my success to them for sure. And not just with Bell here, but this entire team, one of the fun things to watch all season long is just the camaraderie with this group. They really all care about winning from the coaches down to the players. And this is minor league baseball. It's really, it boils down to player development, but this particular group of players really does care about winning. And they've grown so close to one another during their time in the Yankees organization, going back to Hudson Valley. So I asked Bell about that just kind of team chemistry aspect and how important that is with this particular group. It makes it easy to go out and play every day. You know, there's everybody's rooting for each other because everybody likes each other. And, um, you know, nobody wants to see anybody struggling. So we're always picking each other up and helping each other out whenever we can. And, you know, it's turning out to be a pretty, pretty cool season to at least to start. And, you know, hopefully we can keep it going and hopefully come back with a ring at the end of the year. I think it's a pretty rare situation that we're in. Um, you know, everybody hangs out with each other. We, we'll go over to Volpe's house a lot uh, for like team dinners. It's almost like back in high school and college where you meet up for team dinners and it's almost like a team party every Sunday. It's, it's, it's definitely a fun, fun environment to be in for sure. Really powerful words. He talks about it being a rare situation, a fun environment. They all root for each other. And of course that all starts with the coaching staff. And it was great this week being able to catch up, or I guess last week in Portland, was great catching up with Jay Kirsch, the Patriots hitting coach, because there's a lot of guys on this team hitting-wise that are having career seasons. The Patriots lead the Eastern League and are top 10 in all of minor league baseball and home runs hit this year. And so I asked him about Bell, what's been working for Chad Bell this year, but also he starts by talking about Blake Perkins, because Perkins, guy that's new to the Yankees organization, signed with the team as a free agent entering this season. And so it starts by talking about him and then goes into talking about Bell Two guys having career seasons and just how they're doing that here with the Patriots. Um, I've talked to, about Perkins quite a bit. I think the big thing with Perk is just getting was just getting him to be a little bit more aggressive and and getting him to better utilize the the abilities that he already has always or has always had. Um, so I think there was obviously a little bit of growing pains with that for maybe three four games, but I think he settled into to his to his new approach to this a little bit different identity well. Um, so that was the big thing with Blake and then with Chad again I think it's it's similar in the sense that like a lot of a lot of his abilities are already there like he hits the ball really hard he more often than not hits it in the air so then again it's it's developing approaches being confident in those approaches and then just trusting a lot of God-given talent that he already has. And speaking on Bell specifically uh, what does he do that makes him hit the ball so hard is that just something that's natural or is there something about his mechanics that really make him just that exit velocity king yeah I think a lot of it is probably just this natural raw strength like you look at him he's a big guy um, but it, he, at the end of the day he also moves really well it's a it's a pretty simple swing he gets inside the ball well he uses his hips well and then I think like it's it's just kind of effortless not all it's just not, it's not very forced he, and then I think it just allows, allows, he allows himself to use a lot of his natural strength. It's been great to see for both Perkins and Bell and everybody in between this year that's having career seasons for this first place Patriots team. It's been fun to see all the success and they like to have some fun with it too. The celebrations in the dugout have been some of the best in all of pro baseball. If you look at the Polaroids, they're taking pictures every time that they get into the dugout. They have a big goat chain. They throw on some shades, some Joey Burrow shades. And so that's one thing I had been really eager to ask Jake about. Was it several different things that started independent from one another? Did one thing lead to another? Who started each one of these trends? And there's pictures all over social media. If you look at at SOM Patriots or at Somerset Patriots, there's all kinds of pictures. Anytime one of the Patriots hits a home run this year, the Polaroid comes out, the shades come out, the big chain comes out. 
So I asked Jake, how did all these different traditions start? Yeah, no doubt. So the fun part about that is it's all player driven. Like I think we kind of like I kind of joked with one of the guys that um, like that we didn't have anything this year and we didn't have anything in Hudson Valley last year. But um, Blake Perkins was actually the guy that I think I heard first mention something about some Joey Burrow shades coming into the dugout. Um, and then I think that led to the Polaroid. So those two things kind of showed up at the same time. And then I honestly don't know where the goat chain come from, came from. I saw um, Andres Chaparro rocking it one day in the locker room, and I was like, I could only assume that that was going to come in and make an appearance in the dugout too. So, um, yeah, it's it's all been those guys just kind of having fun with it. And, I mean, the, the clubhouse dynamic with this, this group of guys has been incredible. So um, whether we're winning or losing, it's always been, like, lighthearted, fun, and the guys get after it. So it's been it's been a cool experience. And on a little bit of a separate note, one guy who really contributed to that clubhouse dynamic in a very short but meaningful amount of time was the longtime Major League veteran Derek Dietrich. He spent about three weeks with the Patriots, was tearing the cover off the ball, led the team in RBIs, and had seven homers during his time in AA, and finally got the call up to AAA Scranton-Wilkes-Barre a couple weeks ago. And I wanted to ask both, not just Jake, but also some of the hitters, so we're going to hear from Chad Bell too, on what did they learn from, from Derek Dietrich during his time? Because He's a guy that he's older than the entire coaching staff. Dietrich's 32 years old at this point. That's older than manager Dan Fiorito and everyone else, including Jake. So I asked him what he was able to learn from the longtime major leaguer. And we also, after this, we'll hear from Chad Bell as well. What did these guys learn from having a presence like that that was so radiant and just an infectious chemistry with this clubhouse? He's been where all of us want to go, whether it's players or coaching staff. So I think it's, it's for, for me, it was learning how to it was learning how to work with a player that obviously is he's he's been a successful big leaguer for a significant amount of time so it's it's picking his brain and it's more open communication back and forth with him and seeing what he's feeling and what he's done in the past to kind of get himself locked in and then again like talking about the swing just openly with him um, a lot of credit to him for just kind of like allowing me to to speak of the swing of how I see it and see how he can apply some of those thoughts to his own swing so um between him and I, like, there's a like, great relationship, obviously, in the short amount of time that he was here. But then you look at his impact um, with the younger guys, whether it's Volpe, Bert, I mean, all the guys in the clubhouse, like how he handled himself and kind of how he groomed some of these guys to, I guess, the expectations of what it would be in a, in a, in a big league locker room and things like that. And um, I think, again, like I, I think I harp on the advanced process or the, the prep process a lot, but how how he talks about preparing for pitchers and how he talks about pitch movement and the adjustments that he makes in the box, depending on certain, how certain pitches move and things like that. I think were all those attributes or all those things that he kind of brings to the table. So, I mean, he was, he wasn't here for very long, but his impact was certainly felt. So it absolutely was felt. And not just from the coaching standpoint where Jake learned a lot from him, but Asked Chad Bell about having Derek Dietrich around as well, a guy who was friends with everyone in the clubhouse and just on a little bit more of an intangible side. What did he learn from having Derek around? You know, just to enjoy the game. You know, he's 32, I believe, right? And back in double A, he said he hasn't been there since like 2008 or something like that. And, you know, he was out there having fun. He wasn't, you know, complaining or I shouldn't be here. You know, he was helping us out, teaching us approaches and the ways to attack uh, pitchers and just kind of how to play baseball and have fun with it in this environment. Sometimes we get carried away and 
letting the results uh, dictate our attitudes and emotions and you know whether he was 0 for 4 or 4 for 4 and he was the same guy and always fun to fun to be around certainly was and Dietrich by the way who's still up at AAA Scranton Wilkesbury and is playing just about every day for the Rail Riders having a rough go of it but a couple of other former Patriots have joined him and some of the top contributors on the pitching staff that included Ken Waldachuk, who we talked about the last time, finally got the well-earned promotion. He was 4-0 as a Patriot this year in six starts with a 126 ERA, along with 46 strikeouts. Most of those marks ranked first in the Eastern League, and he has now started three games up in AAA. And just for a little update, he has picked up exactly where he left off. He's 0-1 this year, but that's kind of been normal for a lot of the great pitchers in AAA Scranton because they just haven't gotten a lot of run support up there. And he's had a 176 ERA across the three starts, 15 and a third combined innings pitched with 21 strikeouts. He's only given up three earned runs since being promoted and batters hitting just 157 off him. The whip is still below one. So Waldachuk, again, picking up right where he left off in double A. It's been fun to see. But another pretty significant wave of transactions this past week, right in the middle of road trip as the Patriots were going from Portland to Binghamton. The ace of this staff after Waldeshuk was promoted, Johnny Brito, came into the week leading the Eastern League with a 236 ERA and also ranking atop the league in wins with a 5-2 record. He started eight games for the Patriots before being promoted to AAA Scranton-Wilkes-Barre. And again, as a Patriot, he was named Pitcher of the Week at one point when he had seven shutout, one-hit innings against Portland. So both of the Patriots' top starting pitchers this year got promoted to AAA early, and they are flourishing, which has been excellent to see. And in terms of reinforcements, the Patriots got the newest member to their rotation, one of the quickest rising players in all of professional baseball, not just within the Yankees organization, but that's the righty Will Warren, 22 years old from Brandon, Mississippi, has started just one game for the Patriots in Binghamton this past week, and he pitched well. He got dinged up for a couple of runs late in that game, not really indicative of just how he pitched, but Warren, a former eighth-round pick of the Yankees less than a year ago, 2021, out of a small school, southeastern Louisiana, and a guy who didn't play last year during his draft year. He instead worked to add a couple of pitches to his repertoire, added about 20 pounds of muscle, added some velocity, and it has all showed off in a big way this year. He's got 43 strikeouts and 39 and two-thirds innings pitched, most of which, all of uh, eight starts out of the nine this year, have come in high A Hudson Valley. Got the promotion to Somerset right before the series in Binghamton and made his team debut there, but he is going to make his home debut at TD Bank Ballpark this week versus the Akron Rubber Ducks, and let's dig into that series. The Cleveland Guardians AA affiliate got off to a slow start this year, but they have really come on strong, contending for the lead in the Southwest Division last year, and this is a team that is the defending champions in the AA Northeast League, now known as the Eastern League, of course, but in the Patriots' first year in this league, they were the reason why Somerset did not make the playoffs. They missed out by just a half game because of their late season series with Akron, who of course went on to win it all. And this year, it's another very talented Akron Rubber Ducks team. Lead the Eastern League with 592 strikeouts as a pitching staff, and that ranks fourth in all of minor league baseball. And that includes some of the top prospects in all of the Cleveland Guardians organization. You've got the number eight prospect, left-hander Logan Allen, who's going to pitch this week. The right-handed pitcher Tanner Burns, who's their number 11 prospect, and Xavier Curry, their number 22 prospect. That's three of <clears throat> that's three of what are right now seven top 30 prospects in the Guardians organization that are on this Rubber Ducks team. And who knows, could be some impending transactions that take some of those guys, such as George Valera or Brian Rocchio, who ended the last series on this team. That's the number two and four prospects. 
They could be up in AAA very soon, so we'll see about that before this series begins. But irregardless, going to be a really fun week at TD Bank Ballpark. Some of the top prospects for the Yankees and the Guardians going at it. This week, couple fireworks nights, Friday and Saturday. Willie Randolph is going to be at the ballpark on Sunday. Bark in the Park, the best day of the week in my book, is going to be this upcoming Wednesday, June 8th. So the whole series will take place from the 7th through the 12th. It is the one and only meeting with the Cleveland AA affiliate this year for the Patriots at TD Bank Ballpark. So you can get your tickets at SomersetPatriots.com. And thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for all kinds of updates on social media at SOM Patriots and at Somerset Patriots on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and everywhere in between. Thank you so much once again to our guests on this week's Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, Nick Ernst, Chad Bell, and Jake Hurst. We really do appreciate your time. And you, the listener, we really appreciate your time as well. So thank you all so much for tuning in. I'm Stephen Cusimano, and we will see you at the ballpark this week.